This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. What's up? I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Citizen Capital Studios in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. New and improved. We've made some changes over there. Don't worry. All the articles are still there. They've just been archived. We've got big things ahead of us. A new era for this podcast. You know, we've promised if you like your podcast, you can keep your podcast. Well, this is your podcast. You're keeping it. But we're streaming live video on Patreon right now for our subscribers. If you want to know what that's all about, patreon.com slash district sentinel, five bucks a month. Should also note that the five buck level also gets you access to our weekly Sentinel cast. Yes. Uh, so $5 gets you five days of Sentinel content, now both video and audio. That's true. That's true. It also, because we just uh, debuted a new tier on our Patreon, a $3 tier, which is going to get you access to the weekly zine that we're producing. The first one is coming out this Friday. So we're no longer doing our daily print content at districtsentinel.com. Instead, we're doing weekly zines that we're really excited about. So, so just to be clear, I've, because you've tried explaining this to me, yeah. but the way Patreon works is that if you sign up, if you already are subscribed for $5 a month... You, you get everything below it. It's yeah. what I think it is. It's how I think it works, but that's how we're going to do it. That's our policy, okay. at least on Patreon. So, so five bucks, you get the zine... You get us doing the the daily newscast on video, and you get the end of the week Sentinel cast. Uh, just want to say, this is the first time we're live streaming this. We do reserve the absolute right to pardon ourselves for any problematic stuff that comes across uh, the airwaves. Not that we're ever going to say anything problematic, or not that any of our takes are bad or that they fail, but we do have the right to pardon ourselves if something goes down. Look, I mean, it's it's a hypothetical that people are talking about, and if people want to talk about it, why why shouldn't we discuss pardoning ourselves? <laughs> uh, BBG propelling the Caps this weekend. The Washington Caps, are they up 2-1 now? They are up 2-1, two games away from a Stanley Cup. And I got to say, there were two moments during the game where Vegas was passing in a dangerous area in front of the Caps' net, the puck just skipped over the sticks of the Golden Knights players, and I thought, Barbara, thank you for watching over us. Divine intervention there. And BBG is going to have to do it by herself this series. It's looking more and more like that. George H.W. Bush was just released from the hospital hey, again. Hey, we need to save some energy for next year, too. Oh, oh what, you're already what, thinking about a dynasty here. Well, huh? I'm just thinking that... Maybe it's good to spread these things out, win or lose the next few games. Uh, I've got a question. Are you following at Worst Damn Tweet yet? The Worst Tweet Tournament Meltdown May edition has begun today, Monday. Voting has opened on the west side of the bracket, featuring matchups between the number one seed at The Real Roseanne and her pretty well-documented meltdown, uh, going up against the eight seed, Cinderella, Tim Cass, Tim Poole, who had a meltdown saying that uh, mansplaining and manspreading is hate speech. How come no one talks about this? 
Real Roseanne looks to be cruising for a victory there. Still not too late for you to vote at Worst Damn Tweet. The other matchup underway right now, the number four seed at Sock Dem uh, Raven. The, uh, the necrophilia guy. Yeah, the necrophilia guy, who seems to be pretty proud of his appearance uh, in the bracket. He's actually uh, uh, whipping votes for himself. <laughs> uh, he's still losing right now. And he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's losing to the Sergeant's Benevolence Association, uh, the NYPD. Uh, and, and we had a number of tweets. I know people have said we should have used a different tweet. There were a number of tweets to choose from. That account was melting down all May. Uh, we chose the one where uh, uh, the account felt like it couldn't arrest someone smoking weed or something, which is actually good that it felt like it couldn't do that. But they were melting down over it. Also melted down over someone in San Francisco taking a dookie on a cop car. <laughs> Should we talk about Philip Rains or should we save it for tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Well, Philip Rains has also accepted his fate. He seems to be okay with being included in the worst tweet tournament, though he says we didn't pick his worst tweets. I, I still think we need to point out to him on the account that we were just focusing on May. So unless he, <laughs> unless he's referring to him having a worst tweet in the month of May, which is still quite possible. Either way, I want clarification. You know, we've talked about all the uh, perks you get as a $5 Patreon subscriber. You get to watch the newscast right now. You get to listen to the Sentinel cast later. You get to read the zine on Friday. You also, when you sign up, you get your own haiku. You get your own poem written by one of the two Sams read on this show. And we have a few poems that we're going to read right now. This is for Rogelio. Sam's on the live stream. Now just a few beers away from periscoping. Thank you, Rogelio. Or twitching. Or chatterbaiting. Who knows where this is going to go? Can we be on chat roulette? Never mind. Let's move on. This one is for Luke. On video now. Good thing intern Nate's not here. He'd fuck this all up. Thank you, Luke. Solidarity with intern Nate. This is for Ryan. Excuse me, this is for Chris. Yeah, Ryan's for me. Ryan's for you, Ryan's next. But this is for Chris. Next video thing. We might take this up on Twitch... GTA crowdfund. Thank you, Chris. Finally, this is for Ryan. That's a great idea. A GTA fundraiser. Dollar per cop killed. <laughs> Be clear, we're talking about the video game Grand Theft Auto here. A not a non-real video game. Thank you, Ryan. I think maybe we should also have some bonus for how many stars we get and mm. how long you keep those stars. That should that would be that would be a good good bonus. Uh, again, thank you to our subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. It's Monday, June fourth, twenty eighteen. Here's the news. <laughs> Today, the Supreme Court issued an opinion in the lawsuit sparked by a gay couple's failed attempts to buy a wedding cake. Justices ruled 7-2 to two in favor of the Colorado baker 
Jack Phillips, owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop. The court said state officials had failed to presume religious neutrality before penalizing Phillips for refusing to serve Charlie Craig and Dave Mullins. In the majority opinion, Anthony Kennedy accused Colorado of, quote, a clear and impermissible hostility toward the sincere religious beliefs that motivated his objection. In other words, it's still illegal to deny, ser- to deny people services based on their sexual orientation, but the process that led to penalties in this case did not show due deference to religious beliefs. That's in yeah, This was a bit of a strange ruling in the sense that they did uphold uh, the right for LGBTQ folks to not be discriminated against, but they said that this commission used nasty words when they were c- determining the ruling against the, the cake baker, basically. Yeah, they, they did, and a lot of people have jumped on that to say it was a uh, it was a narrow decision, and two liberal justices joined the majority. We had Stephen Breyer and Elena Kagan join the conservative justices uh, in, do, in issuing the majority ruling. However, that, of course, leaves Ruth, Gator Bins- Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sonia Sotomayor in the dissent. The liberals have their RBG. We have our BBG. <laughs> Well, Barbara Bush's ghost did not participate in the case. <laughs> no. I, I think I, she, she. For all we know, she didn't. <laughs> well, she she didn't. She's been at work. She's she didn't, been pretty hard uh, on the hockey game. She may have recused herself. Uh, but either way, RBG thought the religious neutrality premise was complete bullshit. And in the dissent, she she said the following quote: "What prejudice infected the determinations of the adjudicators in the case before and after the commission? The court does not say." Hmm. Well, uh, both sides have sort of claimed victory here. Uh, like the ACLU came out and said that, you know, rights are still upheld. And this doesn't mean people can go out and discriminate uh, based on their own religion. Um, and it's going to be a case to case basis, case by case basis moving forward, it looks like. This wasn't kind of a, a precedent setting ruling. True. I, I, I do think there were they were tiptoeing around uh, the issue in that. They thought scare quotes of Jesus uh, uh, intoned some religious disrespect, whereas uh, obviously they only made that decision because the uh, the victim scare quotes was a Christian. What about bong hits for Jesus? <laughs> Checking in on EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt, who somehow, somehow still has a fucking job. Last week, we talked about a trio of senators who wrote to the EPA Inspector General asking for an investigation into how... Pruitt required his scheduler to do personal tasks for him, like look for apartments. Now, in a letter from two Democrats on the House Oversight Committee, Elijah Cummings and Gerald Connolly, we got more details on those personal tasks, which also included booking travel, personal travel for the EPA Administrator Pruitt. The Democrats also included testimony from Pruitt's scheduler, Milan Hupp, in which she confirms an episode in which Pruitt had her inquire about obtaining a used mattress from the Trump Hotel. And I'm just going to read straight from the transcript here. This is uh, uh, Miss Hupp saying, quote, the administrator has spoken with someone at the Trump Hotel who had indicated that there could be a mattress that he could purchase, <laughs> an old mattress that he could purchase. OK, I got to say, I kind of identify with Pruitt a little bit. I mean, not with all the first class, the ethics stuff, the using security to go to a fancy French restaurant. 
but the fact that he a was lazy and looking for apartments b did not take out the trash and yes, let it accumulate exactly and c wants to pinch pennies by getting a used mattress yes yes i gotta say i respect all those things yes he's the ultimate ultimate fail son Remember, at the same time, he went out of his way and spent $43,000 in public money on a jack-off booth. I'm sorry, excuse me, his own personal skiff. Uh, Which could be used as a jack-off booth, we're just saying. <laughs> a U.S. senator is trying to find out more about what the Trump administration is doing with immigrant kids. A few weeks ago, Attorney General Jeff Sessions said that children would be taken from their parents at the border, marking a new change in policy. So yesterday... Oregon Democrat Jeff Merkley showed up at a detention facility in Brownsville, Texas, and he live-streamed the visit after requests to inspect the building were stonewalled. And here's what happened. And uh, I've now been asked to leave the property, and so I'll, I'll comply with that. So as of this moment, to the best of our knowledge, since this change in policy, since this new policy of children being ripped out of their parents' arms, while people are awaiting adjudication for asylum, because of the tragic circumstances they've gone through abroad. So far, as far as we know, no member of Congress has been allowed uh, to actually see what's going on with this with this program. Something dark to note, uh, well, this whole story is dark, yeah. but, but this facility in particular used to be a Walmart, Ugh. so uh, you, you can't really get much more American. A Walmart reincarnated as an ICE detention facility. Yeah, it, it doesn't get much more American than that. Uh, of course, detention of migrant kids and family separation uh, was a problem for the Obama administration, too. Court said that Obama's DHS was illegally detaining undocumented kids. And uh, then DHS Secretary Jay Johnson defended the policy by saying deterrence were needed. So it, it doesn't it, that that's pretty that's pretty gross in terms of uh, policy on detaining kids because you want to bully them out of seeking asylum. Uh, in the U.S. And also of note on the family separation thing, Obama set the deportation record, uh, 2.7 million deportations during his administration. So obviously there were tons and tons and tons of family separations there. All-time greatest. <laughs> but as Merkley noted, the family separation and child detention policies have reached new cruel heights under Trump. And they're doing this to entire families who are seeking asylum, treating them like criminals and ripping families apart. Civil rights groups are trying to correct a wrong made by Betsy DeVos's education department. The NAACP, the American Federation for the Blind, and the Council of Parent Attorneys and Advocates have sued the education department. Now, this stems from a policy change in March that made it easier for the, for the department to dismiss civil rights complaints, essentially allowing the Office for Civil Rights to just start dismissing complaints offhand. Here's a few examples. If the complainant doesn't get back to the education department within 14 days for follow-up information, the complaint is dismissed. It used to be 20 days. It was brought down to 14 days. Uh, considering how difficult it is to deal with government bureaucracy and how often it, how long it takes them to get back to you, plus people working jobs and having to mail stuff up and dealing with the post office, now that's been screwed up now. 14 days is not a lot of time. But it gets worse. If an individual has filed multiple complaints, then each subsequent complaint can be tossed out. Also, if the individual files complaints against multiple people, it can be tossed out because, as the education department claims, that investigating multiple people in a complaint places an unreasonable burden on resources. So black kids, deaf kids, 
if they're discriminated against, sorry, too bad, mustn't burden the resources. This is this is the the uh, Republican Party of Law and Order. Correct? Yeah, and, and this is working for their intended purpose of of squashing civil rights complaints. The New York Times reported that you know this rule change it happened in March. By May, five hundred. I think it was announced in March, went into effect in April. By May, 500 disability rights complaints had been thrown out under these new guidelines. And speaking of the resources that we mustn't burden, DeVos, when she was uh, in front of Congress uh, asking, uh, defending the budget for the education department, she asked for a $10 million cut. She asked for fewer resources, a $10 million cut in the budget. She ended up getting almost a $9 million increase that's more money than she was asking for. Put it toward investigators in the civil rights office if you're if you're so pressed on resources. And the civil rights groups that are suing aren't actually targeting the policy change here, but the change itself, they argue, is made without consultation or notification, which would be a violation of the Administrative Procedures Act, and they're now seeking an injunction. Finally, some more good news for those charged with crimes simply for protesting Trump's inauguration. Today, a jury found another J-20 defendant, Casey Weber, not guilty of all charges. Google jury nullification. <laughs> We're getting there. Weber had been indicted for engaging in a riot, conspiring to riot, and five counts of property destruction. Prosecutors had admitted, however, that Weber never even damaged property. They still argued he should be held liable for those who destroyed stuff for some reason, and jurors, mercifully today, they disagreed. This was the case where last week a juror told the judge that someone wrote, quote, Google jury nullification on a bathroom stall, and then she did and then discussed it with other jurors. That was first reported on Twitter by Ryan Riley of the Huffington Post. Today's acquittal also came just three hours after charges were dropped against three other J-20 defendants, and that came after last week when the prosecution dropped their case against seven other defendants after a judge ruled they concealed evidence from the defense. Now, if that, if that concealment wasn't scummy enough, the evidence came from Project Veritas, the far-right James O'Keefe group known for doctoring its fucking videos. All right, that is going to do it for the newscast. We do have the listener rant line to get to, but we go over a few of the comments from our Patreon subscribers. We got Ted. He's got the prayer emojis up for uh, Barbara Bush. Thanking Barbara Bush's ghost, BBG. We got Fred who says his vote is for Tim in the opening round of the worst tweet tournament meltdown May edition. Fred says my vote's for Tim's dumb Pugsley looking ass. Mansplaining <laughs> his violence is like a thrush tweet. <laughs> <laughs> we've, the we've theorized that Tim Poole's brain has melted because he refuses to take off his wool hat. <laughs> and we also got a new nickname for RGB, Ruth the Gator Binsberg. <laughs> I believe we no. also had a uh, someone named Aaron saying that Pruitt was, quote, my wife. Yes, Pruitt, a.k.a. my wife. All right, let's check out the old listener rant line. Uh, yeah, so, I, man, I don't drive a whole lot, but when the fuck did they start putting video ads on gas pumps? Like, I know they used to have that shit for, like, cleaning out your car's junk, but now I got to watch fucking Yogi Bear while I wait for my tank to fill up. Capitalism fucking sucks. I have not noticed that about gas gas pumps, but what I have noticed is that they've taken away all the fucking squeegees. So, have they? Well, at, at the gas stations I've been to recently, by the way, which was in spring during pollen season, 
the fucking indignities of this world. Uh, I agree with the caller's conclusion there about capitalism and it sucking. Hello, I am a famous uh, chef, <laughs> and I just wanted to say uh, to Sam and I, I've seen what you tweeted, and I just wanted to say to you, um, uh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, fuck it to you, Sam Knight. Uh, you stupid bitch. <laughs> Ooh, you, did you did you anger another chef with your uh, Initiative seventy seven uh, campaigning? Uh, I, I I angered many chefs with <laughs> with my Initiative seventy seven campaigning. Sure, sounds like they've uh, reached the listener rail line. All right, one more call to get to today. Hello, Samuel. Hi, Samuel. It's me, your buddy George Story. How you guys doing? Hey, What's up, uh, you can't respond to me if I'm doing because I'm leaving you a fucking voicemail. How about that? Um, hey, listen, um, Sam Knight, if uh, I will, I will literally body any chef that steps to you, buddy. I will body any of them. Can you believe that these fucking white, goofy, white-hatted, stupid, uh, double-breasted, fucking uh, white smock-wearing? Uh, uh, dipshits walk around all fucking day acting like they're in the goddamn military or something. Like they're like their shit is life and death. And these fucking atmosphere of these kitchens is so serious. Oh my god, you make fucking food, dude. Fucking why don't you fucking tone it down, yo? You know what I mean? You're fucking smart a little way, bro. Fucking tone that shit the fuck down. You're cook you're making falafels or something. You know what I mean? It's not fucking rocket science. And it's, it's certainly not the most important shit. You certainly shouldn't be fucking. Uh, yelling and screaming at your staff, you bunch of stupid fucking self-important food makers! You fucking make food! That's what you do, you make food. It's, it's, it's as simple as that, buddy. It is literally just shit. It's shit that you have to eat to make more shit. Fuck off, chefs. Kiss my ass. Uh, George Authority, uh, peacing out. This Sam and Sam defense, Captain George Authority, peace. Later, guys. Love you. Wow. Jorts fucking fired up there. Bringing the heat. I uh, I was I noted this on Street Fight Radio last night. I called in to talk about Initiative 77. So if you listen to this show and Street Fight, you may have heard this before. But I gotta say, these chefs they remind me a lot like the tech. They they remind me of the tech bros. Yeah. You know where they they feel like oh I can I can hack your tongue. <laughs> uh, I am a disruptor of of your sensory pleasure. And therefore, I deserve to pay my workers $3 an hour. Yeah, I think uh, blame the Food Network for a lot of that stuff. And uh, as shown by one of the people who you got in a fight with who claims to be like a three-time chopped champion. <laughs> of course, it's gone to his fucking head. All right, folks, call the rant line 202-684-6108. Leave us a message. We'll play it on air. Sponsors of the show include the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Other sponsors, levelnews.org and Citizen Capital. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends to listen. The newscast returns tomorrow, as well as the live stream for our Patreon subscribers. $5 a month over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.